Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Dawn Benninghove, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Thanks for joining us. Oh, so excited to be here. Home sweet home. Home sweet home. You live here now. I do. Are you? Where are you from originally? Originally, I was born in Ohio. Okay. Transplanted to Florida and whipped up to Richmond and Ashland. I've now been here. My son is 38, so that's the way I always have to look at it. He's 36 years old, so we've been here 36 years. So Ashland's clearly home to you. Indeed. So uh, tell me about what your company, Companion Extraordinary Nursing Network, does. Well, we're a home care company. And through home care, we are actually go into patients' homes. We call them clients. But we go into someone's home, but we also go in if they're at a nursing home or a hospital. And we give them what we like to see say is TLC. So that tender loving care, that extra piece, that little bit of something special. We help families because now blended families are at home so much. We help give them respite time. They can go grocery shopping, they can read a book, they can just do whatever it is that they need to do anywhere from one hour to 24 hours. We have literally lived in with clients who did not have families in the Mm. area. Mm. And so we help them do everything from bathe and feed them. And we've had patients on ventilators. So we really do, for the most part, anything that you as a person need assistance with. Anything a family member might do or or a medical professional would do. Absolutely. How did you get started in this business? Well, people ask me that all the time. And my dad had Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia that goes with Parkinson's. And in 2003, I had home care for him through a private aid. And it was not, uh, it was doing well. But when I tried to expand and add more hours, I just could not find the help that I wanted. And so Hurricane Isabel hit uh, in that time period and my dad had to go into an assisted living facility. I was driving from Ashland to Richmond and spending the night with him every night. I had just started Companion Extraordinaire in March and my father said to me, you know, Dawn, you can do anything you put your mind to. And it was the first time in my life that my father had really encouraged me to do something sort of outside the box. I'm a rule follower. Mm. And so uh, being able to to do that made a big difference. So I went to Hanover Courthouse, put down $10 on that great, big, huge uh, book that they used to have where Mm. you signed your name in, and uh, Companion Extraordinaire was born. Very cool. That's a great story. and what you do is work that uh, I think is amazing. I, I, I don't know how you do that on a day-in and day-out basis or the folks that you work with. It's just really hard work, but it's so uh, heartful, so uh, rewarding rewarding and important work to do, so, uh, especially the respite part for the family. It's, and, it, and so the people that work for you, with you, special people, obviously. Yes. How do you find those folks? Well, um, number one, I'm pretty particular. Sometimes they call me the general. Mm -hmm. And so I 
really want to have people who work with us who I would want to have care for myself or my family. And so for me, we have our own training center, our own school, personal carry class, certified nursing assistant class, medication aid classes, just anything that can help someone who might want a career like this to really be able to see how it's done right. So much since COVID, we have gone online with everything, but I refuse to go completely online. All of our skills are still done in person because I don't think you can learn how to lift someone safely or give them a bath from a video. You need to be able to feel and touch and understand when someone hurts or today. I went to a family and a 43-year-old is, is, has a disease that no one can figure out. And the mother just cried. She's a nurse. That's what we're born to do. We help people. We fix people. We take care of them. And so the people that we hire, um, it's difficult to find that right person, special people, because sometimes people think that this is what they were meant to do, but when they really get in the home, it's not just doing things for people, it truly is being a companion. Mm -hmm. And that's why I named it Companion Extraordinaire, because you really do have to understand a human and what there are needs are and why you're there. Yeah. Are your clients uh, Richmond Metro? Primarily? We have, yes, Southside, Ashland go all the way up. We've had a couple of clients up in Fredericksburg, over to Louisa. So, yes, all the way around sort of the Tri-Cities. We don't go down into Petersburg. There's lots of great home care companies down there. Uh, but when I started, uh, I was the 110th home care company in the state of Virginia. Oh, wow. Yes. And there are now over 1,800. So that tells you it's a huge difference in how home care has just exploded. Uh, the, all of the predictions are that in the next 10 years, home care will increase by 125%. Wow. wow. Baby boomers, I guess. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you have a building not far from us. I do. Uh, what, what happens in that building? Uh, that is our offices where... For the most part, uh, the aides are able to come in and get their paperwork, pick up paperwork, find their schedules for the week, um, but is the hub of what we're able to do. We take, that's where we take the phone calls. That's where we, I call it ministering to our families because when someone calls us, it's never, hey, I might wanna have care in a few months or a year. It's always crisis. They're in need. And I have a wonderful team that when they answer the phone, we have all, been through this with someone who is has either died in our homes or has dementia uh, and so it's a, such a caring team they they get it they understand and so we spend a lot of time on the phones just ministering to the families when they call wow uh biggest challenge that you've had so far since you've been running this business in the past 18 years COVID's actually been our biggest challenge I um i never really you know, had too terribly many before then, but COVID just changed everything. Um, you know, I just gave up my flip phone a year and a half ago, so to have to sort of light speed ahead uh, into the future to really make everything online and let everybody work at home and how does that work and, you know, just to have to do expenditures for all of the protective equipment that we needed. And as healthcare professionals, we're still having to do that. Mm -hmm. Everyone still wears masks. Everyone still has to protect themselves. I'm still COVID testing all of our employees. I mean, it has been 
truly the single most identifying mark for us as a company and whether or not we could really cut it. You know, could we make it? And I want to say that once again, our employees stepped up. They, you know, I understand some had to take leave of absences depending upon what was going on in their lives, but they have been amazing. That's uh, so it sounds like you're, you haven't had any real staffing super challenges like a lot of uh, companies have. Actually, we have uh, just since the fall. Um, unfortunately, we are just not able to locate staff at this point, oh, wow. even with giving free education, uh, which is you know a certification and or a licensure that's truly for the state of Virginia. And if you get the licensure through the certified nursing assistant, it's for the entire United States. And so that's what we give through our programs, and we still are unable to find staff. So right now, um, we could be double the size that we are in hours. We're actually having to turn away so many clients that need care because the state regulation says that unless I have staff on board who can care for someone, I can't admit them. Mm. I have to have that staff available. Is wow. it COVID that's causing the, the lack of people interested in doing something like this, you think? Or what, what do you think it is? Um, well, I have my own personal, you know, beliefs as to what may be, but we've seen a huge downturn in the number of people applying for positions, right. especially since last fall. And as you know, COVID has actually come down quite significantly since January. There, of course, is the Delta variant now, which we're concerned about. But it seems to be some of the unemployment. It seems to be people uh, going into different careers so that the, instead of a one-to-one -one contact, they can have a, a desk job or a computer job. Um, so it is a sort of a bushel basket full of a number of things. Yeah. How do you typically find staff when you do find them? The usual ways from um, your online presence um, usually staff referrals are the biggest um, one that most employers see. We belong to associations across the nation, and that tends to be the number one. Well, that's number 10 for us. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have staff that have stayed with us. You know, I have uh, several staff members who've been with us for 18 years. Oh, wow. And uh, that are in the field still caring for patients. So our average number of years that someone stays is five years. And that's huge in home care. You don't tend to see that. So what we mainly see is from our school. That is where most of our um, employees are coming from at this point. So besides the staffing challenges, it sounds like you guys are doing okay. You're, you're through the roughest part of the pandemic. What would you say your secret sauce is? Wow, secret sauce. What a great question. Um, I think secret sauce, and I, I hope people can feel this on the other side of the microphone, because the secret sauce is that I'm in the field every single day with the patients the staff in the office is in the field with the patients every single day. There's not one person in the office it, that doesn't have a personal care aid certification or a certified nursing assistant or a nurse that at the drop of a hat can't go out. And so the secret sauce is that if someone calls out, we do everything literally in our power to get there. I've worked night shifts, I've worked weekends. I mean, I'm on call 
two weekends of the month, um, you know, and I'm in the office every day. And I honestly think that's the secret sauce. You have other home care agencies that, you know, owners, it's more of an ownership. And for me, it's not. It's who I am. I've been a nurse for 40 years. I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. Well, it's a very Sorry. important job. It is. Super Huge. important. Hugely. Uh, I think you answered that question perfectly. That's awesome. Uh, so you said flip phone a year and a half ago. <laughs> yes. And so I'm, I imagine you now have a smartphone. Not only do you have a smartphone, you also have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your podcast. Well, we like to have seniors um, subjects. I have some uh, wonderful networking relationships of people that I've met over the years. Uh, mainly, we talk about Alzheimer's and uh, cognitive disorders with seniors. Most people, you know, Alzheimer's really just sort of became the buzzword about 15 years ago, and I've been a trainer for the Alzheimer's Association. But there's over 70 different types of dementia that people can have. Mm. And so it's very difficult to know, even though we use what I call tools in our toolboxes, you know, you can use them with so many of people who have dementia. But as we age, um, you know, over the age of 65, your chances of having some type of dementia are one in eight. Those statistics are horrible for me. And so Mm. to be able to make sure that um, we share that information with people who've gone through it. I have a couple of friends who've written books and uh, we, we've had um, Jim um, from, uh, he's a sheriff here in Ashland, you know, in Hanover, and we've had him on. And uh, so to really be able to give them true, meaningful, real time, real life experiences of what is going on and practical ways to take care of people because we're in the homes, we see it. Uh, I always, when I'm talking to the students, the stories I give them are real. I said, you know, I, I can't make these things up, they're real. And so to be able to have something palpable that they can truly understand and say, hey, that's me, that, that's what my mom does. Yeah, okay, maybe I can try this now then to me, that's the, the most beneficial. So that's what we do on the podcast. Very cool. Any, any cool stories you can, can share with us? Most rewarding kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think probably one of um, the best ones recently, I, I have a couple of particular clients that I have followed for years, a gentleman, and he said that I could share his story. Uh, I cared for his wife until she passed away, and then he was alone for about a year and then he called us and I came over and we, his medicines were just so messed up and he didn't realize he's a cardiac patient, he's on blood thinners, he didn't realize what he was doing was not the best thing for his heart. And so um, we got him all set up and got that going and got him an aide in the house a few times a week. And the next thing I know, Um, the aide that we had in there. She's been with us for over 10 years. And she called me and she said, I I found all these pills in his bedside. Now he's 90 years old. And I said, what what were they doing there? And she said, "Um, well, I sat him down and I said, what's going on? And he said, well, I decided to take my life. Mm. And he said, I I had those pills and that's how I was going to do it. And she looked at him, she said, absolutely not. I won't have it. You won't do it. Not on my watch. And so 
we surrounded him with his family and you know it was kind of like when you take the shroud off of it then all of a sudden you can deal with it and since that time he has become open much dialogue honest about everything but we literally saved his life you know and i'm very humbled by that ability to be able to do that um, and see that um, i think my second favorite story was a family that really um, had not seen their mother talk or engage with them for almost a year. She just sat on the sofa. She'd get up and go to her room. They tried to talk to her. Um, and so when I came in, they asked me to come in, and they told me what had happened. And I walked over and sat on the sofa and never said a word. I just sat beside her. And so for the next hour, everything she did, I did. If she reached for her nose, I'd reach for my nose. If she reached for a magazine, I reached for a magazine. And pretty soon, she began to look at me. And I looked back at her and then looked back down. And she, next thing I know, she took her hand and held my hand. And within three weeks, she was talking. She was playing the piano. Um, they, sometimes we get in a mode as families, and I get it because I was there. We talk at the people mm -hmm. instead of really allowing them the time to engage and really we try and make them exist in our world but they have their own world and we have to go to them so it was so incredible and they were grateful because they didn't know they were doing that they weren't doing it for meanness at all um, and so it's been such a light to be able to do those is that a strategy or a way to this what's the significance of doing what she was doing each each person is individual that's called mirroring right and each person's individual and i felt like from what they had told me of her not engaging at all with any conversation that i wanted her to understand that i got her i get who you are i get it we don't have to talk we can just sit here and do nothing and i'm okay with that and you just have to know whether or not you know it's sometimes it's just Yep, that works. Nope, that doesn't. Right, right. You know, and um, so, but in this case, I felt like that would, and it did. It did. It sounds like you're working a ton, but you do have free time occasionally. No, I work a ton. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do, besides the podcast and, and this company. And training classes. So I teach dementia in our training classes, and I'm a certified CPR instructor. So you're, you're all in. I'm all in. And if you ask my husband uh, <laughs> or my son, they'll tell you that. So um, I do have two grandchildren, and they're just um, the love of my life. They're amazing. Jacob and Charlotte, they're great. And so that's sort of my time. Uh, my husband is so amazing. He supports us, and he's built every wall we've ever had in any office we've ever had. And... Uh, he, he gets it, you know, he understands why this is who I am. And um, so, no, there really isn't much time. Do, do you travel? Um, well, we just bought a camper last weekend, so okay. we'll see. All right. We'll see, we hope. Um, I'd love to. Um, it's just, I feel such a responsibility. It really is difficult to, mm. to walk away. Yeah, wow. It's 18 years of not really traveling. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. Wow. Uh, do you live in town? I do. I live on Hanover Avenue. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. so I, I right grew, up the street. I grew up on uh, South James. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it about Ashland that you Oh, wow. Really well, when my son was 18 months old, we really felt like uh, we wanted to be in a small 
area and Slash Cottage was just getting built. So I have pictures of Slash when it was mud, you know, and we were one of the first houses in there and came up and got a little sweet small cottage and it was just that wanting to raise my son in that small atmosphere where he could still ride his bike he didn't have to be afraid of people and everybody was a neighbor that you knew and sure enough he went to all of the schools here Patrick Henry graduate um, and he and he rode his bike to school you know whenever he could and and it, I just loved it I mean I got in the women's club, the Henry Clay Women's Club, when I first came, and I got to meet a ton of ladies, and they were so welcoming. Uh, it's just amazing. It's like you have to break in, you know, because Ashlanders are Ashlanders. We, we're the sound of the universe. But once you break in, man, you're in. You just get this wonderful family, extended family, and it's the town of Ashland. Yeah. Uh, tell us about Downtown Ashland Association. Well, um, Downtown Aston Association is part of uh, all that, that we love and do. Um, Marnie Triscari is part of our, uh, our organization, and she's part of Downtown Ashland. And, of course, we love uh, Main Street and the theater and all that they do for Ashland to recognize and help us as a town just grow and um, give us all of that hometown peace. Yeah, it's amazing the, the transformation that the downtown area has gone through. It's beautiful. We didn't call it downtown back in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up here. Uh, and I know what, what it looked like, but it, it's completely overhauled. And it's it been is. like this for 10, 15 years, it looks like. Yeah, and my favorite time is Christmas when they hang all the lights and we go down and we have the tracks all lit up. And, you know, you've got, you talk about me work and there's Chief Goodman and he's in the middle of the tracks helping people going across, you know, at night. And um, this last year was rainy and wet and cold and it didn't matter. You know, everybody was saying hi to each other and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm crossing the tracks and Chief has got his arms going both ways. I'm like, hey, Chief, how are you doing? He's like, hey, on. And we're going across, you know, so it really, it's wonderful. Very cool. Uh, what's your business going to look like, you think, in five to ten years? Ah, um, well, with the increase of 125 percent, you know, in the next ten years, I would uh, imagine that we will grow much more significantly. And we are... Uh, we're already open in Lakeside, so we have the second location in Lakeside, but our next location is Bonaire. So we anticipate that the growth will be quite exponential in the next five years. We will help, help a little bit maybe with your recruiting challenge. Maybe, maybe one listener out there. Yeah. We would love it. Yeah. You know, the perfect person is moms who bring the kids to school, and then they want that sort of 9 to 2 or 10 to 1. I mean, that is the perfect shift. So many people want that four-hour shift in the middle of the day, and uh, I'd love that. That'd be great. What's the youngest uh, that works for you? Can they be 18 and work for you? They can, 18 years old. They have to be 18, though. Mm -hmm. Can't be 17. Right. We have a lot of weird state laws around that, that line. Yes. Very cool. Uh, what about the next year or so? Anything exciting coming up for the, over the next year? We have started a couple of new programs. Uh, one that we just launched in May called Care Management. I'm a certified care manager. That's a national certification. And it really steps up. It's not just home care. Uh, Two weeks ago, we were able to help uh, a gentleman who called us. He was at his wit's ends, didn't know exactly um, what to do. 
um, with his spouse and uh, he had dementia and was just concerned and thought, oh gosh, placement is what we need to do. And so we started and helped the paperwork so that we could help place him in the best facility for him. Because not all facilities are right for every single person. You've got to know that that's the best place for them as well as for the family. It's all got to work. So we do all of that legwork. We help with that placement. Oftentimes, families, uh, we have someone from Maryland who called us the other day and said, you know, my dad's here. Can you help in any way? So that falls under care management. Um, I'm his nurse. I go over, go to his doctor's appointments with him, give his daughter that feedback as to how he's doing, what, what other uh, services he might need in the home. And uh, so that care management piece really makes a huge difference. We currently have 12 um, just since May, we have 12 clients in the program, and uh, we're excited about where it can go and how it can grow. Walk me through a typical day for you working. Okay. Um, well, I hit the road about 7 a.m. as far as I'm either in the office or on the road, and um, we receive constant phone calls we call them prospects people who are looking for that care so i oftentimes just because i've been around for so long most people will ask and say is dawn going to do my assessment is can i talk to dawn about my mom and i want to make sure that i'm trying to do that for them so um, i'll do the assessments i have another nurse who helps me with that and the other piece that we do is that the state regulation, we have a licensure with the state, the Board of Health. And so every 90 days, we actually have to see our clients and uh, do what they call a supervisory visit. So currently, out of 70 patients, I have 32 of those patients that I see and I go to for those. Um, I usually uh, do other client visits as far as nursing, like a medication box that I'll fill, or if a patient falls and needs that assistant. We took a patient to the emergency room today, and one of my nurses was with him for nine hours. He just I just got the phone call before I came in here that he had been uh, placed in a room at the hospital, and his family's all out of town. So a uh, typical day usually ends about uh, eight, eight-ish, at night. Those are long days. They are long days. Um, but uh, if you if you ask our office, they'll say Dawn's, Dawn's inner zone. Um, I tend to go and go and go until I don't. And uh, I have uh, sticky notes everywhere. I'm a sticky note freak. And uh, so those sticky notes for me are those pieces that I don't want to forget. I want to make sure that every single person gets that personalized service. So it's it's about a 12 to 14 hour day most of the time. That's wow. that's uh and you've been sustaining that for 18 years? I have. How do you do that? I, you know, the grace of God, to be You're honest. Bionic, it really I is. Think. And the staff that we have are amazing. I just cannot tell you. Um, the staff in the office, they are the most awesome team. Now, you have to remember, I've worked in hospitals. I've worked in brain injury facilities. I've worked in rehabs. Um, I have worked in numerous areas. And... This is the best staff we have ever had. There's uh, 11 of them in the office, and there is just nothing I can do with that. They make my life um, amazing because I couldn't do it without them. Wow, that's uh, amazing. So you, you have clients that are elderly, typically, mm -hmm. and so there is loss of life. Uh, how, does your, how do you and your staff deal with that? 
Well, twofold um, hospice, we always recommend that someone has hospice come in and then we do what we call come alongside a hospice. Whatever the family needs to support, oftentimes we'll do night shifts so that they can get a good night's rest uh, or during the day. And then for us, it's usually very difficult. I say it's that we're the silent grievers because um, once the shift is over and they've passed and, and they actually pass in our arms, we're right there with them mm. so often. And uh, you've been with them for so long. But sometimes even in a short moment, you know, a week or two, you can really get close to a family. And so we have... Um, a chaplain on staff and his wife so we have a ministerial team and they reach out to them and help them and give them that support we also offer counseling uh, there is a counselor that we use quite often but we have um, numerous multiple areas that they can go to if they need that but to be honest most of us choose to go to the next client because that is our therapy you know, being able to see life again and to help someone, that's, that's what we do. And that tends to be what we do most often. If uh, our listeners walk away with one thing from this uh, recording, what's, what's the one thing you want them to walk away with? They're not alone. If it's not me, reach out for somebody. It doesn't have to be me. I'm not always the right, the companion extraordinaire is not always the right agency for every single person, but I just have seen so many families devastated by not reaching out, even if it was just four hours a week. It can make a huge difference. Uh, let's close with you uh, telling us a little bit more about your family, your husband, your son, and your two grandkids. How old are your grandkids? My uh, Jacob is seven. Um, going he's actually eight i'm sorry just turned eight and he is going into the third grade charlotte is four going on 27. i have two of those yes she is amazing she's amazing and then my son langdon and uh his wife casey uh they're just uh, we're a blended family and so casey and langdon um langdon's my son and then my husband's two children marie and brandon they and um, joey and stephanie they have uh, amazing amazing my grandchildren range from the ages of 18 to 4 so um, it's just such a incredible family when we get together we couldn't have Christmas last year and that was really sad we get to our house and you know everybody's there and everybody's joking and then um, not long ago I learned that I actually had a brother that I didn't know about oh wow and so I now have his family um, my niece uh, she and her husband who is a career um, military man and he's at Fort Lee and so I got to meet them and now they're a part of our lives with their three children and you know it's a great life it's just amazing to have family all of these folks are they in the area they are wow you're lucky I am Fort Lee is the farthest anybody's away oh you're very lucky it's it's wonderful that's awesome well Dawn we are right at 30 minutes uh thank you so much for taking the time to do this and uh, I'm glad we got got a chance to talk and learn about your company and and, and about you very inspiring thank Thank you. you thank you for listening if you enjoy this episode please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts we'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us you can find us at scodypodcast.com